What's going on, everybody? Welcome to the Oasis Podcast. Oasis is the college and young adult ministry at Park West Church in Knoxville, Tennessee. Come hang out with us if you're ever in the area on a Thursday night. We'd love to meet you face to face. If you don't already, make sure you follow us on social media at Oasis PWC to stay updated with everything going on here with the Oasis family. Thank you so much for joining us for this week's message. Let's jump in. Tonight, I'm super excited to continue this sermon series. Uh, We're going to talk about how to hear God. How to hear God. That was one of the most asked questions. How do I hear God? If you have your Bibles with you, we're going to be in 1 Kings chapter 19, uh, verse 11. It's going to be on the screen behind me. It says, uh, the Lord said, go out and stand on the mountain in the presence of the Lord, for the Lord is about to pass by. One more time because it just gets me hype. Go out and stand on the mountain in the presence of the Lord, for the Lord is about to pass by. How to hear God. Lord, I thank you for the opportunity that we have to be together tonight. And I ask that you will um, allow a special anointing in the house. God, that this would be a time when we learn more about you, we grow in you. God, let this be a place where community can happen. Lord, for the lonely that rolled up in here tonight, let this be a family. God, for the first-time guests and the long-term member, Lord, I thank you that this is a place where we can build godly relationships and encounter you in the process. So, Lord, speak through your word and have your way in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. Men, have you been in a place where you have been in like an awkward situation and you're praying a desperate prayer? What I mean by that is maybe like you taking that exam that you did not study for and you and Jesus are having a real quick powwow before you walk out. You're like, Lord, if you don't show up, this is not going to go well. Or you're like super late for work and your boss is already not feeling it and you're praying that same prayer like, God, if you don't move, we're going to be in trouble. I had one of those moments last weekend in one of the funniest ways. We were celebrating my boy Trevor getting married in a couple weeks. We had his bachelor party, and we went to Brazeros. Anybody ever been to Brazeros? Oh, y'all about to be blessed. You gotta, you gotta save some money to go there. I've been there one other time in my life. It's a very much so special occasion thing. And go at lunch, you can save some money. I promise you it's worth it. It's a Brazilian steakhouse, and here's how it works. God bless your life. You walk in and they give you this, it almost looks like a coaster. You sit down at the table and they give you this coaster and it's green for go on one side and red for stop on the other side. And then these wonderful gentlemen walk around with like swords basically with meat on it. And it's just all these random kinds of meat. And they walk up, and if the card is green, they just cut you a slice and plop it right on your plate. Well, see, what had happened was I left the card green for a very long time. A very long time. I wish you could have seen people's faces because we had a couple that had never been there before, and they were literally, like, anxious as it was saying because it's so much. The waiter's like, the salad bar, it's right over there, and you guys can just go get it. And as soon as this dude left, I promise you, there's this guy that's like, would you like some lamb? 
literally like on a sword and he's just he's ready to go the machete is ready he's just ready to give us whatever we can want as much as we can handle and their faces were so anxious they were looking at each other like do we say yes do we do we do we say no and then you look down and you realize your card is still green and you're like I guess I need to get more and I don't know if I should get it it's so overwhelming and at one point I almost blacked out and I didn't say anything to the guys that are there because that's just so not a masculine thing but I'm sitting here at the table <laughs> Lean back in my chair like this. <laughs> the meat sweats. <laughs> and you're like, no, the card's not red. Bring me more steak. Like you just, you let it go. And in that moment, I'm praying one of those silly, desperate prayers of, Lord, that is not the memory I want Trevor to have of his bachelor party. Don't let me pass out at Brazero's because I had too much bacon. Like, help me. Lord to survive. Now that's a silly example, but there are more serious times in life when you pray that prayer from a very desperate place. When you're going, man, that this illness is really taking a toll on me or a family member, and I need you to show up. Where it's not just like, God, I, I don't want to fail this exam. It's if I fail this exam, I could fail the class and lose the scholarship, right? It's like the substantial moments of God, I need you to show up. And tonight, I want to talk to some people that have prayed those desperate prayers. <laughs> and maybe you're not in that season right now, but I promise you at some point in life, I know I don't wish it on you, but you may find yourself there. And I want you to know that when you are in that moment, when you are praying those prayers, he hears those prayers. But there are times that it seems like he's not responding in a time that it would be very convenient for him to just lay the roadmap out in front of you. <laughs> so tonight we're in 1 Kings because I want to share two stories. The first one starts in chapter 18. If you are a note taker, 1 Kings 18, I'm going to give you some context we're going to jump in. This is about the prophet Elijah. Turn your neighbor and say, Elijah. Dude was a baller. He is unbelievable. One of the, the craziest prophets in the Old Testament. The things that he saw, the things that he did, the things that God did through him were absolutely unbelievable. This is one of my favorite stories. In fact, um, I may mention it a little, a little bit more in a minute, but Pastor Dylan Lawson was here a few weeks ago and he talked about this passage of scripture. And it's just been ringing in my head since. I can't get past it. What happens is the Israelites throughout their, their lifespan, even to now, there's been this up and down roller coaster where we served God and we didn't serve God and we served God and we didn't serve God. And one of the Ten Commandments is have no other God before me. But they continuously ended up in story after story after story where they would literally worship other idols. Well, there's this lady that is bad news named Jezebel. Turn your neighbor and say, Jezebel. And even if you don't know who she is and understand all the context, you've probably understood just from culture and from being in church some that this lady was not good news, right? Well, she was a massive part in bringing idol worship into the camp where they are now. So in chapter 18, they have a massive problem. There's a drought. And God tells Elijah that he's going to bring a rain, but he wants him to go talk to the dude that's in charge at this point. And this whole scene plays out, and it's so stinking cool. What happens is Elijah goes up and he challenges the ministers, the leaders of the fake god Baal, of this idol that, that they have made. And he tells them, I'll tell you what, we are going to set two fire pits up, 
And we're going to pray to our gods and see which one of them can catch fire. And it gets crazy because the people that follow this idol start doing all kinds of ridiculous stuff. They're chanting and dancing and cutting themselves and all this stuff and nothing ever happens. And you, go, you can go read it yourself. This is a Pastor Caleb translation, 1 Kings chapter 18. But what happens is Elijah even starts talking smack. He's like, maybe shout louder. I think your God's asleep. <laughs> it's no joke. I promise it's in there. That's what he says. He's like, he must be asleep. He's not really paying attention. If you shout louder, maybe you can get him to wake up. It'll be totally fine. And obviously, nothing happens. So then Elijah, because like I said, he's a baller, and he has all his faith and trust in the Lord, he tells the people, okay, you see my fire pit that's over here. I want you to go get four massive jars, fill them with water, and dump it all over the place. And then go do it again, and then go do it again. And then he prays one prayer, one prayer. And look at what the Bible says in chapter 18 and in verse 38. says, then the fire of the Lord fell and burned up the sacrifice. They, these other people had prayed in desperation for their fake God to do something and it never happened. And one prayer from the man of God to the God of all creation, woo, said it burned up the sacrifice of the wood, the stones and the soil and also licked up the water in the trench. This is crazy. I'm going to go ahead and read the next couple of verses. When, when all the people saw this, they fell prostrate and cried, Lord, he is God. The Lord, he is God. And listen to how intense this gets. It says, then Elijah commanded them, seize the prophets of Baal. Don't let anyone get away. They seized them, and Elijah had them brought down to the Kishon Valley and slaughtered there. Well, I hope you were encouraged tonight. Praise God, you are dismissed. We're going to get on out of here. No, 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 no. God showed up in a massive way. And what is crazy about this story to me is how much of a win this had to be for Elijah. Can you imagine just boldly standing up there in front of God and everybody with this challenge of you'll see what your God does and I'll see what my God does and to just stand out in faith like that in such an incredible way and then the fire falls from heaven and everything changes and everybody starts to declare, whoa, wait a minute, that guy, the Lord that did this, he is God. That's the one we ought to be worshiping. That's the one we ought to be praising. This is a win moment. This is like, homie better go home and write this in his journal and come back to it later in life. This is a testimony moment. This is a pivotal moment in Elijah's life. And you would think that it would be one of the most memorable moments that would carry him through the future. I want to remind you and encourage you tonight that you need to remember what God has done in your past. When you are in the in-between moment, and you're like, God, if you spoke, it would be awesome. Don't forget what he's already said. Don't, don't forget what he's already done. He's already brought so much victory. And it may be that what you need is to get alone and remember all that God has already done. Because his faithfulness, the testimony of his faithfulness is our anchor. In the craziness. And the New Testament says we have this hope as an anchor that he is faithful, he is true, and if he's done it before, he can do it again. So you better remind yourself what God has already done. Now this is where the story gets wild. 
Chapter 18, craziness happens, fire comes down, all the things happen. Chapter 19, things go south so very fast. And this guy that was so, so full of faith, so courageous and so proud, everything changes in one, in one moment because one woman threatens him. Oh, we'll preach that one later. <laughs> we'll preach that one later. <laughs> Jezebel is quite frustrated that Elijah had all the prophets of Baal slaughtered there in the end of that last story. And she tells the city, she boldly declares, I swear that Elijah is going to die. And she threatens him. And do you know what this dude does? He leaves the city and goes and hides in a cave. The same guy that just watched fire come and just the whole water and the whole scene just happened. And the drought that was there right afterwards, rain shows up. He watches God move in the craziest way and then gets threatened in the very next chapter and runs off and hides. And it's so extreme that in verse 4, Elijah literally prays that he would die. From this mountaintop, Lord, we're doing good, to a valley low of everything is falling apart in one chapter. Fear will make you frantic. The decisions that we make when we are afraid is crazy. And fear is irrational. How can he not be afraid of the massive crowd of people that's in front of him when he puts God to the test in chapter 18 and then be so afraid in chapter 19 that he leaves? There are times in life that something just and you can probably think of one of those moments in your own life even now where it was like you were doing, you were doing great and then somehow something just messed the whole thing up. And from one chapter in your life to the next, we went from killing it to getting killed so fast. Life, shoo, life can turn on a dime. And we learned that in the last two years. And I don't like to get into all the conversation and like focus on COVID and stuff because, man, if there's one thing you don't need when you come in here, it's political conversations and stuff about COVID and stuff about everything else. We need to talk about Jesus, right? And we're going to talk about Jesus. But the last two years, we found out the hard way that sometimes stuff just adjusts really quickly and it can change everything. Everything. It went from like, we're going to school and we're doing work and everything's fine to like, you ain't talking to nobody for a long time, overnight. And for some of us, it wasn't just like the daily life transition. For some of us, this was a legitimate heartache where we lost family members. I was thinking about it the other day. I'm hoping to go see my grandparents on Saturday because I think I can count on one hand how many times I've seen them face to face in two years. And they live 15 minutes away from me. What, what happened overnight, this drastic change messed everything up. Maybe it wasn't, maybe you lost a job. Maybe like I said earlier, you, you messed around and lost a scholarship. Now you're frantic trying to figure out what to do and how to, oh, I want to remind you again to remember what God has already done. Remember what God has already said 
Mm. God asks Elijah. He runs up into the, <laughs> into the cave and he hides. And God says to him, what are you doing here? And that's what Pastor Dylan just beautifully talked about a couple weeks ago. If you missed it, go check it out. It's online too. He said, what are you doing here? And he said, hey, hold on, let's, let's take stock for a moment. Let's process why we are in a cave currently. With all the things that God has done and all the ups and downs, how did we end up where we are? Why are you here right now? And look at Elijah's response. Verse 10 of chapter 19. He replied, I have been very zealous for the Lord God Almighty. Like he just needs to remind God, like I serve you great God. I'm a good one. Why are you he literally, he says, I've been very zealous for the Lord God Almighty. But the Israelites have rejected your covenant. They've torn down your altars. They've put your prophets to death with the sword. And I am the only one left. And now they're trying to kill me too. The Lord says, Whoo, go out and stand on the mountain in the presence of the Lord. For the Lord is about to pass by. Oh my heavens. How boldly Elijah comes out and says, Well, what are you doing here? And Elijah's like, Well, I've been serving you, and look where we are. I thought we were doing okay here, and not so much. That crazy Jezebel lady is coming after me. He tells the Lord, All my people are gone. Hello, I feel like I'm in this alone. Anybody in the room, been there, done that, got the t-shirt. I feel like you have left me stranded. What am I supposed to do? And God says, go stand on the mountain because the presence of God is about to pass by. Can you imagine? Woo! Can you imagine if you, were, if you spout off to the Lord and his response is, Go outside and hang on a minute because I'm coming by. <laughs> I think I'm excited and terrified at the same time. I'm like, oh, we setting up a meeting. Like, I'm going to understand what's happening now. And simultaneously, I'm like, am I getting a whipping? Because that's what my mom and dad would have said. They're like, you get over there and sit down and wait because I'll be there in a minute. Now, I don't think that that's at all what God is saying to Elijah in this passage. Don't go on and quote that. That's terrible. It's terrible. He says, hey, hold on a minute. Get out here and listen. Wait for me. And look at what the passage says next. It says in verse 11, continuing. It says, then a great and powerful wind tore the mountains apart and shattered the rocks before the Lord, but the Lord was not in the wind. Again, you got, again you're Elijah in this moment. You need to like... Open your imagination. Get here in the scene, okay? You spout it off to the Lord. You're like, things aren't going good. I'm terrified for my life. This is the situation. And the Lord's like, okay, go outside. The presence of God is about to come by. And then you're out there and it's all like. <laughs> but God's not in it. And I got to imagine the fearful thing is like, okay, something's not good. <laughs> it says, the wind came through, but God was not in the wind and after the wind there was an earthquake but the lord was not in the earthquake and after the earthquake came a fire what is happening 
(laughs) For the Lord was not in the fire. But after the fire, hear me, hear me, hear me, came a gentle whisper. And when Elijah heard it, he pulled his cloak over his face, went farther out and stood at the mouth of this cave. And then the Lord said to him, what are you doing here, Elijah? I love it. Say, Lord, you already asked him that. (laughs) We we were in the cave, remember? Like we just, I was wishing I would die. And you asked me like, what am I doing here? Like we, we, we have this whole banter here, Lord. He says, and listen to Elijah's response. I've been very zealous for the Lord God Almighty. It's like they're having the same conversation. The Israelites have rejected your covenant, torn down your altars, and put your prophets to death with the sword, and I'm the only one left. And now they're trying to kill me. And the Lord says to him, Go back the way you came. Oh, this is why I love this so much. They had the same conversation, but it was two very different conversations. The first one, Elijah is freaking out. Like I said, fear will make you frantic. The first one, homie, is in a cave. He's tripping out. And God says, what are you doing here? He's like, what do you think I'm doing here? I'm hiding for my life. And God so lovingly is like, okay, cave conversation's not working. Let's go to the mountain. Like, let's, let's come over here. And the tone changes from him shouting at God about how freaked out he is with this whole situation to going, God, I've, I served you. And I'm still here. Like, I thought we were going the right direction. I thought things were going to be okay. But now here I am, scared for my life. But now the tone has changed enough in the conversation. See, here's the thing. A lot of times, when we want to hear the voice of God, (laughs) really what we want is a very specific answer. And when Elijah is shouting back and forth in the cave, (laughs) he's probably not going to pay attention when God says, buddy, go back the way you came. And God so graciously is like, no, I got you. Like we're in the, I I was here with you when I brought fire down from heaven to get that fire pit going. (laughs) I'm here with you now in the same way. So let's calm down. Let's have a conversation because there is work to do moving forward. Oh, but this crazy back and forth conversation, even as wild and fearful as it must have been, doesn't it kind of sound wonderful? Because there are times that I've fussed at God like that. And I kind of wish that maybe he would have just audibly said, what are you doing here? Like, And we could have had this back and forth conversation, but that's generally not how this works. So I want to point out a couple things about this passage in the context of how to hear God. Number one, to hear God, you need to make space for him. Because he was not trying to listen when he's in the cave just spouting off. But when he got quiet, 
He wasn't just looking for the wind. He wasn't looking for the fire or the earthquake. When he got quiet enough to listen. Oh, and this is tough. This is tough and I'm preaching to myself. So if nobody else needs it, I need it. This is hard because slowing down feels so wrong. Because if you slow down, you have to deal with the anxiety you've been running from. Hear me. Solitude is not a dirty word. (laughs) It's a really healthy thing that God intends for you to practice. But that's so difficult in 2022. And I'm sure it's been different and difficult for every generation. But we are in a culture that is celebrating the hustle. Celebrating the just, you get up early and you stay up late and you finish this assignment and you do that assignment and you work three jobs while you go to school and you're killing it in every area. And I went to the gym three times today. And you're like, you're doing all these crazy things when we're all just over-caffeinated and barely hanging on for dear life. Again, maybe I'm preaching to myself. It's totally fine. You have got to slow down and give God space to speak. I love it. The 23rd Psalm. Note takers, write it down. Go read it. Pray it tonight. The Lord is my shepherd. I like nothing. He makes me lie down. (laughs) And there are often times that I've gone to the Lord and prayed and been like, Lord, I'm so anxious. And I kind of feel like the Holy Spirit has just said, well, let's lay down. Let's just, woo, calm down a minute. Calm down a minute. You can be surrounded by the wind and the stuff and all the things that are going on. But if you want to hear God, most often it's through a whisper. It's number one, you got to give him space. You have to have solitude. And number two, we cannot act like prayer isn't important. Prayer matters. My wife and I have been married a couple years now, got baby girl on the way, and we have our own language. (laughs) You watch enough TV shows, you get enough inside jokes, you know? And there are moments when, like, we'll tell a joke that if anybody else was there, they're not going to understand any of what's going on, right? Because we have talked enough, communicated enough to know what we mean when we speak. And if you are not praying, you are not going to understand sometimes when he speaks. His goal for you, his desire for you. We were created to live in this Garden of Eden with him. The intention was to do life with God. To be in proximity, to be in relationship. So he wants to talk to you. He wants you to hear what he has to say. Jesus sets such a perfect example of prayer. The man is God in the flesh. He's doing ministry all over the place. And still he knew the importance of getting away and praying. Luke 5 verse 15 it says, Yet the news about Jesus spread all the more so that the crowds came to hear him and to be healed by their, of their illness. But Jesus often withdrew to lonely places and prayed and we are so scared of being quiet or being lonely but solitude is not a dirty word amen (laughs) i heard it said a couple years ago 
was an evangelist. He was talking about like sermon prep and daily prayer life and how he handles things. And he said, I pray for an hour every single day. And I was like, man, I wish I had the discipline. Help me, Lord. He said, I pray for an hour every single day. And when it's really busy, I pray for two hours. And I was like, well, yeah, okay, God. But what if we did that? Because what happens, whoo, I heard, oh, I heard this earlier today. This guy was saying that money and time are like water. If you don't tell it where to go, it runs out everywhere. If you don't intentionally set aside time, you will spend it in other places. That's been true long before social media. You will get stuck worrying and processing and talking about junk and gossiping and not even realizing that you're gossiping. And you'll look up and your day's gone and you've not fed your spirit at all. Solitude. <laughs> Prayer. And you don't even necessarily see these two in, in the passage of Scripture. These are just free. But worship. Praise is the door to God's presence. The Bible says that God is enthroned on the praises of His people. When you are struggling, it's, it's the theory and, and idea of magnification. Like We know this. You can't make God any bigger. He's God. <laughs> you can't say enough good about Him to make Him any bigger. He is God. What magnification is, is magnifying our view of Him. It's putting, it's putting him back in front of us. When you magnify him, you're minimizing all the other gunk. You're getting alone. You're hearing. You're processing what's happening. When you will get alone with God, when you will worship, you will pray, you can focus in. Oh, I love what Elijah did. God calls him out onto the mountain, and the wind comes through, the earthquake comes through, and the, the fire comes through, right? And when he hears God's voice... You could go back and read it later. It's crazy. The Bible says that he put a cloak over his head. Oh, I love it. Get rid of the distractions. Silence your blasted cell phone. <laughs> if, you have, if you got a roommate, like you, you in a dorm somewhere or something, I dare you go in your room, lock the door, turn your phone off, roll it under the bed. If you have to go sit in your closet floor... Get alone, even if you have to cover your head. Give God an opportunity to speak. So often the, the question that we bring is, how do I hear God? When really the question is, how do I listen better? Because point four that's so important is read your word. He wrote you a book. No, really, God knew. He knew what 2022 was going to look like. He knew what you'd be going through in this moment. He knew the heartache and the loss and all the things that were going on. And He gives you His Holy Spirit and the Word of God. He wrote you a love letter of all the times that He came through for His people already that can give you hope for how He's going to come through for you now. The way that he was comforting people in heartache and even in mistakes and in all the in-betweens. If you will read your word, you will see this love letter come through. Regardless of what season you are in, God is still the same. 
and he is so good. If you want to hear God, slow down and practice solitude. Pray, and don't just pray, but listen. And cover your head if you have to, and turn that cell phone off. Worship and invite him into your house and into your space. And lastly, understand that when you read this word, he is speaking to you. He is speaking to you. I want to finish our story. Elijah does what God told him to. And he gets up and he goes back into the city. And the reason why is God had directed him to anoint the people that are going to be leaders and impactful in the future moving forward. He goes on and does ministry and brings Elisha on behind him. And his story is just, it's crazy. But in 2 Kings, I believe it's chapter 9. You can go back and read it later. This Jezebel woman is pushed out of an upper window and dies. And just like God prophesied beforehand, she was literally devoured by dogs. Uh-oh. Elijah witnesses God do this crazy miracle Then he gets threatened and he freaks out. And he has this moment to get back straight with God, to come to his senses. And do you know what ends up happening in the long run? God deals with her. God deals with the enemy. God deals with the battle. God deals with the mess. But on the mountain, he doesn't even talk about that. On the mountain, God just goes, I, you know me, boy. We got this. Let's you and me go back to work. Tonight, I want to encourage you. I don't know what this season looks like for you. I don't know what the ups and downs are. You may be in a place where everything feels great right now. And your prayer of God speak to me is just because you want to know God better or because you want guidance for what decisions to make. Maybe you're like Elijah. You're stuck in a cave somewhere freaking out because things feel like they're falling apart regardless of where you are. Remind yourself what God has already done with faith that he's going to come through for you again. Then get alone. Practice solitude. Pray. Worship God and read your word. And I promise you will hear him speak. Amen. Heads bowed and eyes closed across the house. God, I thank you for your word. God, I thank you for your word and how faithful you are. God, we want to be exactly where you want us to be. We want to hear your voice and know your perfect will so that we can stay in line with it. So God, I ask that as as we take a step towards you this week, that you would take a mile towards us if need be. God, that you would remove the fear, that you would remove the stress and all the junk that we could hear clearly your direction for our future. Lord, we love you and we thank you. And I just declare life and abundance and blessing and favor over this congregation. If there's anybody in the room that doesn't know you, Lord, I thank you that that can change really quick. And God, for anybody that's stuck in a cave right now, I thank you that that can change so quick. 
So God, we choose to seek first your kingdom and to trust you even when it's difficult. And I thank you that you will speak and give clarity. So bless these people and their families, physically, emotionally, financially. I bless them. They're coming and going. That this week would be a week where we stop and listen to your voice. In Jesus' name, and everybody said, amen and amen.